0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. Uh, this is your Ebor Festival Preview. Uh, it is, of course, York this week. Um, we are recording this uh, on Wednesday at about half past 11. So um, for scheduling reasons, sadly, we won't be covering day one, which is going to get underway in a couple of hours' time. But we've got a full day's racing we can preview it on Thursday as well as the ma- major races on a Friday and Saturday as well. So loads for us to get through, um, Andy. Andy, you know we, we've been doing these pods for a long time but for those who haven't uh have only found us recently um what are your general thoughts on on this week and York race course as a, as a whole
1: um yeah I won't want to make everyone switch off straight away um but it's probably one of my not say my least favorite meets I'd say my least successful um okay just find York really really tough um read one or two or the Pro approach to this week, and um, similar to mine, really. You, you get horses that come here for the first time and they're just all at sea at the track. So, similar rules apply really to this course as it would Taser Royal Ascot or Ascot in general, where you're looking for horses predominantly who've maybe run well here in the past at some stage. You know, you get a lot of horses that keep coming back time and time again. You're sort of like your Copper Knights, that kind of horse, your Northern Expresses. You know they sort of big field handicaps, in particular if you've got horses that run well in, in under similar conditions, that uh, they're fairly reliable. But when you're dealing with two-year-olds, three-year-olds that are setting foot there for the first time, you know, like your your Melrose handicaps and all your your two-year-old races, for instance, it's lap of the gods really whether your horse will handle it. I, I fancy one today uh, prior to racing called Ballyman Boy, who I think has got quite a bit in hand based on form, you know, with his run behind Van Dijk. But yeah. Your guess is as good as mine well, he'll go and translate that to the Naysmeyer. Um, and I, I just think because of that, it kind of like, particularly with me anyway, makes me stop going in all guns blazing, whereas if it was on a level playing field somewhere else, a more conventional track, if you like, um, I'll be a little bit more confident. So I've, I've learned over the years perhaps to treat this meeting with a little bit of caution, even though you, it's a fantastic meeting and you, you want to go all guns blazing, that's it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get stuck into the racing. So we've got three days to cover. As we say, we aren't aware, You know, by the time this goes out, um, we'd have seen a bit of racing on Wednesday, which in itself will be enlightening as to the ground and whatever else. Any any kind of conditions or, or um, track bias that the punters should be aware of going into this week?
1: Um, only really if you get a change in conditions weather-wise. I think there's a little bit of rain forecast for the back end of the week, so you need to keep your eye on Perhaps what happens on Friday, Saturday, which is obviously relevant to this podcast, what tends to happen there, right down the middle, um, for the first couple of days, where the ground's fairly uniform, and then once all that like, middle to far side gets churned up a bit, the runners then tend to come, kind of migrate towards the near side. That the Ebor, for instance, in the last four or five years, has been dominated by horses coming towards the stand side, and that's just basically looking for fresher ground, uh, more than anything else. Um, because obviously the sprint track in the week is you know used by the you know the smaller fields where they get they congregate down the middle so that the stand side doesn't get um, touched as much, uh, and then like I say on top of that you might get a little bit of rain so there might be a little bit of a shift in bias towards the back end of the week but we're going to be dealing with Thursday stroke into Friday it yeah. might only be Saturday when when that um, uh, change um, occurs.
0: Okay, well let's get into uh, Thursday's racing. Racing we're going to start off with the Lauder which is the first race. Of the day um, on Thursday. And as ever, Andy, you know, we've got a lot of races to get through. So, if there's anything you don't have a a strong fancy on, Uh, we'll move on quickly. Um, But here we have uh, a group of two year olds. And this is often where um, your insight can be even extra important uh, with your speed figures. Uh, Relief Rally is the uh, two to one favourite for William Haggis and Tom Marquand. Cherry Blossom, five to two. Flora of Bermuda, nine to two. Star of Mystery, nine to one. Beautiful Diamond, 11-1, to 28-1 to 1 bar those. Nine runners here, so a nice each-way shape to the race. If any of these are overpriced, Andy, how do you see the opener on Thursday?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the performance of Relief Rally was was uh, very eye-catching last time out in that super sprint at Newbury. Um, she was a bit unlucky at Royal Ascot. I think we all come to that same conclusion. She really should have won uh, the Queen Mary, but uh, just got done on the bob by um, the American horse. Um, but it, I don't know if you remember that race at Newbury, it was, a, it was a day when predominantly most of the winners were middle to far side, as is often the case at Newbury. And she not only overcome the um, perceived bias, but she actually won going away like in the style of a really top class filly. Like she had a blinding turn of foot as well. She left her horses towards the stand sign completely for dead. Um, and once she's in top gear in full cry, she really is a sight to behold. She should really could say, be 4 for 4 she's a genuine great one filly over five furlongs um and i think the extra furlong on the evidence of what we're seeing is he's bound to play into her strengths i think she's been crying out for an extra furlong so here again if she handles the now mind more than one thing we don't know then i think she's the right favorite she'd be my idea of the winner and uh, we have got a couple of horses i run here before um symbolology and dorothy lawrence they've probably got a little bit to find on form interesting raider from ireland cherry blossom Mm. She was sent off favourite first of all in a listed race at uh, at Navan and sorry, Nase. And she ran okay, but um, was a little bit slightly below expectation, you could say. And then she put it all together next time out at the Curragh, and she was much better on better ground. Uh, she's an interesting contender, and I don't think we should totally write off Star of Mystery. Who pulled too hard last time out it was a bit of a hatchet job by Ammo Racing, if you remember. They basically set the race up for Persian Dreamer to get an easy lead in behind. So they they put the pacemaker in, or a, a sacrificial lamb to go alongside star of mystery and unfortunately that they all 3 car trick works worked, worked uh, as Buick got involved in a pace duel for the lead and, and in the end star of mystery blew out but prior to that she'd been really impressive on the clock and on the eye uh win winning at the same track so if she gets a more conservative ride um then i think she's probably overpriced at ten to one but in in summary i think relief rally is very much the one to beat here i think she's the one with a big burst of speed that the others might not be able to cope with
0: yeah, relief rally two to one pretty much across the board here. Um, a couple of firms go seven to seven or four, but you shouldn't have any issue getting two to one if you want to back relief rally, who is Andy's right favorite. Uh, but another two year old race, um, in the second race on the card. Uh, Ziggy's Condor as the 11 to two favorite in what looks like a very open affair. 22 runners here, uh, over the six furlongs. Dragon leader, uh, six to one second favorite. Uh, Paseka, who left that disappointing first run well behind, and winning next time out, uh, is seven to one. Twilight Romance 8 to 1, uh, Dappling 12 to 1, Vanthaman 12 to 1, Angel of England 16 to 1, 20 to 1, bar those, Andy. Um, you know, this is where, you know, you wouldn't think that a trainer would send a promising two year old here and they said, shown something at home. Um, most of these would just put the one or two runs, um, but very, very open in terms of the prices. Uh, how do you see this?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping sort of like my uh, theory on, on two year old races works out here. I've, you want something that's run a good number. B, you want something that's progressive. And C, if you possibly can, and we have got one in the case of the horse I'm going to mention, a course and distance winner. So we've got Twilight Romance here sticking out like an absolute sore thumb. First and foremost, trained by John Quinn as horse's needs. No second introduction at the moment. He had a fantastic Goodwood. Uh, and I think he's got half a decent bunch of 2 year And this one we one, wouldn't be one of the absolute complete stars. Hmm. but I think he... To be honest he sets a a fair level of form or standard for the rest of to me i think he was a bit unlucky last time he got beat by um we never stop at pontefract in a in a conditions race that day when he was very strongly fancied off the back of the win in the course and distance here at york and it was a day when they all came towards the hair rail at pontefract i don't know if you remember that but i think every single race was dominated by whatever horse bagged the stand side rail and unfortunately for um Jason Hart was trying to get over on Twilight Romance. We never stopped from the Kyle Burke team, rather got first jump on him and it meant that um, Jason Hart and Twilight Romance were running on the slowest part of the track, about three or four horsewits away from the, the eventual winner. But to be fair to him, he, he kept on very bravely all the way till I never flinched. The time figure was very good and the time figure also um, complemented his his number when he, when, he, when he won here over the course and distance. He's the only course and distance winning the field which as we talked about at the top of the show, has got to be worth an absolute part. The fact that he's already proven here on the Naysmire is uh, absolutely massive. Um, he's got a good cruising speed. He's got a nice turn of foot. He loves the ground. He's nicely drawn, I think. you know. I don't think you want to be like way out on either wing. You want to be somewhere down the middle. More predominantly, you want to be behind something that's got a bit of pace. So um yeah, I think eight to one, are we we're we looking at four or five places for this, I think we are, aren't we? Yeah, we are we've
0: got um Sky uh, at the the most places and Betway as well, actually, um who are fifteen to two Sky are as, yeah. as a Betway, but you can get five places and eight to one uh with Paddy Power, um Betfair Sportsbook, uh and live score bet. So there, you can get a bit of eight to one, five places too.
1: I would say even though this is the second selection of the podcast. I don't think I'll come across a better value bet Oof. all the way through the four days of the York Ebor meeting than this at that price. Eight, 15 to 2, six places or 8 to 1, 4, 5 places or whatever we're looking at. If you shop around, I, I, I mean, I'll be shocked if this is not in the first six because of all the reasons I've outlined, track form, time figures, yard form, you know, it, it was unlucky against the bias last time out, has been targeted at this race as well by the Quins. Um, so, yeah, a big, big, big chance there for Twilight Romance to kick us off to a really good start.
0: Big fancy, 8-1, to one, yeah, best prices I say, Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook and LiveScore Bet. If you want those five places, six places, Skybet and Betway, a strong one for Andy there in the second race on the card. Now, on to the Clipper handicap now, uh, over the extended seven furlongs, uh, where we've got uh, Aku, Naja, and uh, is, sorry, is a six to one favorite, head of Northern Express at eight to one. Uh, Dutch Decoy nine to one. Blue for you, ten to one. Sunny Liston, also ten to one. Tawada uh, and Point Linus, both 12 to one. 14 to one. Darkness Racing Brakes Rider, 16 to one. As is the Gatekeeper, uh, 18 to one. Bar those 20 in at this stage. Andy, uh, six places are being offered by Bet365, SkyBet, Paddy's Hills, and BetFair Sportsbook as a live score bet. and Um, Betway as well, so plenty of places to play with here
1: Yeah, again, another fairly straightforward selection by myself here with with Northern Express, I I talked about him I just just used him as a name as an example when I was uh, looking for horses that time and time again come back here and run this track particularly well, and we got several in this race, you know, your Cruyff Turns, your Latriner Dads your Eileen Dub, so when you get to the older handicappers, there's more of a body of work to suggest that Uh, We've got more course and distance form to deal with. Um, But, yeah, I think everything about Northern Express just suggests to me he's almost certain to go well. You know, he's an eight-to-one shot with six places. You know, you look at his profile this season, he's yet to be out the first five. He's performed pretty well in most of the big handicaps he's contested this season. He hasn't won all of them, but that third behind Witch Hunter... Excuse me. Royal Ascot reads well in in the context of what Witch Hunter did mm. um, in the uh, in the Hungerford Stakes at Newbury on Saturday when it won a Group Three, um, and and then you know he he won here at York. The the third horse Guido went on to win next time out at Newmarket, and he's run at Ascot last time out again was right up there with the very best of his form in that seven furlong handicap. Those seven furlong handicaps at Ascot you could always forgive a horse for not turning up once or twice and and not not performing to his very best when they've done so before, because you get on the wrong side of the draw or, you know, you just don't fancy it on the day or whatever. You could easily finish mid-division as, as finished third or fourth. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I think we're dealing with fine margins in those, you know, th- those kind of races. So the fact that he managed to run another career higher for Mark of 102, again, mm-hmm. off the back of all of his top class runs, suggests to me that he, he's, he's about as reliable as a Swiss clock. You know, he, he was third to Caroupier in a similar race this early on in the season. That form of that race has worked out really well. He's just absolutely granite-tough, this horse. Um, I, I don't think he's turned up and run a bad shift here, put in a bad shift at York. He's nicely drawn. Uh, Mulroney knows his track better than most. Eight, like I say, 8-1 for him. I'd stick him in an 8 A double with um, Twilight Ramman's, you know, five, six places, I think. We're almost certain to get both of those two in the frame.
0: Ooh, love that. Putting up a... Each way double. Earlier,
1: yes
0: Doesn't happen too often. Um just gonna have a look now where the best place you can go uh for that would be. Uh so the best prices you can get would be at Coral and Labrooks. Um but I think you're only getting four places and five places there. Bet three six five, they're eighty to one the double. bet three six five, um seventy-five point five the each way double, and they're getting five and six. That's probably the best way to go. But again, you know, when you listen to this, go up go on the Odds Checker app or on the Odds Checker site, stick the two in the in, in the bet slip and see there where the best pace terms and, and prices you can get. About two strong fancies there for Andy in the second and third race on uh Thursday. Uh, on to the Yorkshire Oaks now. Uh save the last dance seven to two favourite head of blue stocking at nine to two, free win five to one. Warm heart is the sea of blue on odds checker, seven to one best price now, but being backed. Uh, same price, Al Hassan is 7 to 12 to 1, Ross Carberry and uh, Novakai also 12 to 1, 14 to 1 by those 10 runners here, Andy. How do you see this?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Save the Last Dance. I, I put her up um, prior to when she won the Irish Oaks last time out on my column for, for the St. Ledger in the hope that um, she gets off ground um, in September. That is the key to the Last Dance. Uh, two Our, our only. Slightly below par effort, if you could call it that, was in our Oaks when she finished second to Sol Sister, but she just had square wheels that day. She didn't come down the hill. Mm. She absolutely hated the ground, whereas either side of that at Chester, and particularly last time at the Coro when, when she won the Irish Oaks, the ground was really testing. And she's a real proper st- st- stayer, copper bottom stayer. I and mean, she looked in trouble, didn't she? She hit the 1,000 and 1, didn't she? At the Curra when she won. Mm. Uh, so it, it's all about stamina with her. Yeah. I actually think a mile six on soft ground is going to be the key to her like in September if she, if she turns up at uh, donate. I'm, I'm quite surprised that connections are running here. I know it's a Group one and it's a prestigious race, blah, 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 but that good to firm ground is a real, 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 real worry. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Warm Heart, Stabber Companion was actually to performed to better of the two because of the conditions. But what it does lead me on to um, is, is nominating Blue Stocking who only narrowly uh, failed to beat, saved the last dance um, at the cover, to be my selection. Now she's currently 92 top price with William Hill. Again, we're talking about solid each way picks. I mean, this is another one. I mean, goodness me, an improving three-year-old from a yard that he's doing incredibly well this season. Full stop. Not only with the older horses, but the two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, and particularly the female sex. He's got he's got an amazing bunch of female of, of um, fillies and mares, and and this one's definitely the pick of the pile. I mean, how she hasn't won a race yet so far this season is, is beyond me. She just got beat by Warm Heart first time up. Track position was an absolute killer for her in the Ribbles, though. Frankie, I don't think it was Frankie's finest hour. He just got stuck in a wall of horses from a low draw and the winner got first run. and He looked after her and she found on to finish third. Like I said, I think she would have won the Irish Oaks had he been quicker ground. She would have beaten for the last dance, but she's got a chance to turn the form around now on a better, better surface. Track her. she's got a great draw in store one. Um, you know, she'll go around the inside saving ground and then make it, make her move in the straight. But again, another one, of course, not running well. And obviously, we've got the nasemar factor with this one, whereas the other two have both got proven track form. So you'd be more, uh, you know, confident in saying that, you know, they're, they're going to run their races because of the track. But other than that, that's the only negative negative point in the way of Blue Stocking.
0: Yeah, Blue Stocking uh, nine to two best price. That standout out with William Hill. Generally, uh, seven to two, four to one uh, across the board for another strong selection for Andy. Skybet also going four places here, seven to two if you really want to um, lock in um, the extra place there with ten runners. Um, with Andy being pretty confident that that uh, Blue Stocking will run. There are three more more left on the card. Uh, a couple of handicaps finished today, but we've got a listed race here um, in the four ten with Madara, the 5-1 to joint favourite with C-Theme, Morricana is 7-1, to one evening 8-1, to one Spring Fever, Scenic and Market Value, all 11-1, to 12-1 bar those, Andy, uh, 13 runners here.
1: Yeah, um, I like a couple here. Um, I'd have to give a huge amount of respect to uh, anything that um, William Haggis runs in a, a race like this. He's won it a couple of times in recent times with Lightly Race sorts. And I think it's very significant that he runs C-Theme here off the back of winning a maiden at Doncaster. Now, that would look almost like nonsensical to, to many mm-hmm. trainers, but William Haggis has got such a, um, a an array of knowledge, a uh, vast temple of knowledge, that he'd, he'd, he'd know exactly what it would take to win a race like this. He's, he, he obviously knows that C-Theme's up to it, no question about that. And then when you go back and analyse that race that she won at Doncaster and look at the time figure and the, and the numbers that um, surrounded that race, that definitely rubber stamps he, his belief that she could be at least a pattern filly. Um, yeah, yeah. She only just got going in that back end of that race. But her back end section was really good. It complemented a very strong race for a small field because the, the number it was by far and away the best furlong for a long time on that Doncaster car that day. Uh, that was a month ago. So she comes here quite fresh. She hasn't got as many... many Scars, if you like, as a lot of the other horses that have. Um, I think we're going to see a big performance from her. And the other one I mentioned is Scenic, who has got really good solid course form. Now, she ran behind um, one of Richard Faye's here last time out in a, in a really good um, listed race called Midnight, Midnight Mile or Midnight Millie. And she ran well at Haydock next time out and, and backed that time figure up. I thought Scenic kept on really well in the latter stages that day. She just got a little bit outpaced over the mile and a quarter and ran on as if a mile and a half is definitely what she requires. Now, she's still a maiden. Again, that would be not the, the wisest policy to be back in maidens going into a listed race. But again, Ed Walker you know, knows the price of fish. Um, and he's also been in good form all season long. So I'd be two against the field there. I'd, I'd have to back the C-theme at 5-1. to one, um, And then I'd have a little bit of a cover bet on c Nick at 11s.
0: Yeah, uh, 5-1, to one, that C-theme is best price. Standout price for Skybet are also five places there. So... Um, you're getting you know extra places and, and the top price uh, scenic is 11 to 1 pretty much across the board 365 hills amongst those where you can back scenic at 11 to 1 with ocean murphy on board uh, we've got a nursery and uh the phillies handicapped finish andy uh anything anything in these two that stands out i won't run through the, the markets
1: yeah i have had a Brief um, look at the, the nursery. Um, I haven't gone through it with a, an absolute fine tooth comb. I was looking for something that would absolutely stand out in the figures. Um, there isn't anything that really does float my boat in that. Um, so I'll probably just gloss over that for now and, and, yeah. and look, at, look at the Philly's handicap because there is one in that race that I do quite like. Now, the only negative or um, asterisk I'd have next to my selection here um, would be the ground. That's a, a filly called Nagiri. Again, I'm talking about a Philly trained by Rafe Beckett, but I was hugely impressed with her when she won at Haydock last time. Now, that ground that day was heavy, so, like I say, it, 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 it takes a little bit of um, persuading to try and back her on, on good to firm ground, which it looks likely to be um, on the second day. But um, I love the way she hit the line at Haydock. A time with good, uh, her back in sectionals of it, the second quickest on the car. There was only one race that was quick, and I think it was a six-volving handicap from three mm. out. So she was really operating at a good level. Now, the handicapper only put her up £5 to 80 and I think she's much better than that. Um, I think the only way that she wouldn't back up my theory of her being a better horse than an 80 horse would be the ground. Um, But at least she has one, run well on good ground uh, and on a fast surface on the all weather. So it, it's there, there isn't a, a big enough body of evidence to suggest that she won't handle it um, not probably my number one choice of the day but a but a, a a a choice that i think punters or viewers of this podcast should should keep on on the side of even whatever whatever she does on on thursday because i i do think uh, Rafe beckett has got a well handicapped horse there
0: yeah nigiri there six to one uh, with better fair sports paddy power Skybet and 365 Skybet again with an extra place going six places so an extra couple of places um one to look out for in the last um that is does day ticked off we'll now move straight into friday um kicking off i mean there's a handicap to open up with here um th- where we've got balance play five to one with and sun 13 to two uh tinzo seven to one ten to one bar those and any strong view in the first
1: yeah, I like the top two there, um, Paradeus and, and Woodson. Woodson just got beat by Scampi, he was a big fancy for the Ebor again, that time figure was very good at Ascot last time out, of consistency, a yard that does well at its track, I think that would go well, and, and Paradeus, the ground just went against him last time out at um, at um, Goodwood, uh, but he ran his face off finishing fourth in a very hot handicap, um, you know, he's his only bad run was the time before when he pulled too hard and Holy Door went all the way around the outside on the home turn, but... He comes out really well on our data. So both of those two have run big numbers over a mile and a quarter uh, mile and a quarter this season. Uh, and they look as though a mile and a half would be absolutely ideal for them. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at the top two there, Paradis and Wooden Sun.
0: Uh, Paradis, as I say, sorry, uh, yeah, Wooden Sun, 13 to 2, Paradis, 10 to 1. That's a massive standout there with William Hill. Um, about 7 to 1 is market price. Um, the Loncel Cup next up. Uh, is the second race on Friday, um, just over two miles. Coltrane is the 11 to 4 favourite. Head of Quickthorn at three to one. Courage Monami is 130. Uh, Givalotto is 13 to two. Broom 17 to two. Uh, River of Stars 22 to one. Nate the Great 25 to one. Seven runners here, Andy. But Skybet are still paying three places uh, if you can find an each way angle.
1: Yeah, it's been a fascinating race because we we also what happened at um, Goodwood with Quickthorn. Stealing a march on his opposition. It's not the first time, by the way, that he's done that. I think if that was the the only evidence of body of work, you think of him nicking a race um, uh, and and perhaps one or two of the other jockeys in behind sleeping, then then you'd say, well, you'd want to take him on. But he's done it he's done it uh, before. He did it here in this race last year, if you remember, he beat Coltrane fourteen lengths. So you know, Tom Marquand will be fully aware that he's got a horse who's got a very good. Um, bit of tactical acumen. Um, and you'd have to say he's the one to beat. You know, he's the only course and distance win in the field. Um, he obviously loves it here at York. It's so not the first time that he's run well at York. Um, so the others have, you know, got to pull their socks up to turn a form around. Courage, my and me, was well beaten at Goodwood. I could slightly forgive Coltrane because he was the, the head of the pentaton that was chasing um, Quickthorn. And I think Oyshear Murphy was kind of like in no man's land where he didn't know to, whether to stick or twist. Um, and in the end, that sort of effort to try and close down Quickthorn, it ultimately cost him second. Um, and I just think a lot of jockeys in this race will be more aware of what's going on than they were at Goodwood. they kind of like slept walk through that race. So I don't think necessarily be as easy as it was for Quickthorn to develop that big lead that he did last time. He might have to do it a slightly different way. But, you know, he's he's a very, very dangerous horse if he does get an uncontested lead. And I can't see another horse in this race that would want to take him on. So. Um, he's he likely to give another ball show, so he would, would be my pick, but it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, you could throw that race up, you know, the ball's in the air, and yeah. you'd get a different result <laughs> depending on how it would be run.
0: So, Quickthorn, yeah, it's three to one. Um, William Hill, Bet Victor, Sporting Index, Quinn Bet, Bet Goodwin, and Parry match. So, plenty of threes about uh, across the odds checker grids there about Quickthorn to follow up that Goodwood win with another one here at York. Um, the Jim Crack. Is the three o'clock where Killian is the two to one favourite head of uh, Johan Brahm at 11 to w- eleven to four, uh, Hartam eight to one, uh, Kings Gamble 10 to one, Action Point 12 to one, Empress on 14 to one, 20 to one by those?
1: Yeah, respect Killian. Um, you know, he's obviously a, a horse who's run to a fair standard so far this season. He, he's third on unsuitable soft ground at Goodwood, um, reads really well, but I'd probably go with Johan Brahms here from, from the A. know Brian Stable who hasn't run since finishing second to Big Eds in the Windsor Castle. I did think that Windsor Castle this year was an above average renewal of that race. Mm. Obviously the winner's gone on to win at Better Company next time. The time figure suggested it was one of the better two-year-old races of the week. And you'd have to like the way that Johan Brahms hit the line at Ascot. He was all at sea over five furlongs. He he, he just was too short a trip for him um, is the long and short of it. He'd won on his debut at six, over six, similar to Little Big Bear had done the year before and they got away with it with Little Big Bear when he beat Rocket Rodney and they tried to do it again with another six furlong horse thinking his stamina will come to play but they didn't really count for big hmm. uh, they're jumping away over the horizon. Um, so I think they were a bit unlucky with Johan Brands but you know they've kind of reevaluated the situation thought okay he's a six furlong horse what's the next big six furlong um, sort of group Two race and it's the gym crack. Um, and you know the fact that He's the only runner from the um Aiden O'Brien stab and then not running sort of two or three in it suggests to me that, that, that you know this is this is their one for this race. So um I'm gonna go against the home contingent and go with um O'Brien here with uh, Johan Brahms.
0: Johan Brahm, eleven to four. Uh, again, again, Skybet four places if you wanna go each way. Uh, Paddy's at uh Bet-Best Sportsbook and BetVictor also eleven to four about uh, aiden o'brien challenger here ridden by ryan moore of course um on to the nunthorpe the you know the the big race on on friday highfield princess um in sparkling form yet again last time um 11 to 8 favorite for this one Bradsell uh for archie watson holly doyle four to one big evs who you just mentioned there is seven to one here maybe a related each way double um dramatized uh 10 to 1 regional 10 to 1 18 to 1 bar in highfield princess Eleven to eight in a sixteen-runner five furlong affair. at meyer won't appeal to to to, to everybody. Uh, what do you make of that
1: price? Yeah, I, I think she's probably just about on balance and her overall profile. Um, she she is probably just the right favourite, but not as big as perhaps what she should be against Bradsell. Uh, and again, I think we're dealing with another fantastic H Y bet here with with Bradsell. I mean, you've got to remember that Bradsell's already beaten Highfield Princess this season in in the best five furlong race up until now, and that that was the King's Stand. And I watched that race until I'm blowing in the face. And I, you know, I thought Bradsell was a worthy winner on the day. Um, he probably hadn't had as better preparation than Highfield Princess, and and yet he, he proved too strong. Uh, so you look at it and think, well, okay, Highfield Princess has got an advantage because of her uh, my form, you know, she won this race last year. Is that a negative against Bradsell? Now you look at Bradsell and you think, well, no, because he's won here before, albeit as a two-year-old but he he won by a long margin before he went on to win at Royal Ascot. So he ticks that box as well. Um he's got a really good draw. He's drawn his store nine, which is right down the middle, which I think that's where they go, down the tip of the arrow. He'll be able to see where his main market rival is, or Holly Dore will, of course. Um, with High Prince high Princess been drawn in Soul 6, and I think these two are the, by far and away, the standout candidates in, in the sense that they're the two preeminent Group 1 horses over 5, furlongs. Five, 5 films. You, you, know, you look at a lot of the others, your Dramatise, your Nymphadoras, your Makarovas, your Ladies Churches, your Twilight Calls, at the moment they're not really Group 1 horses as such, they're probably sort of Group 2, Group 3 fodder. I think Big Evs is an interesting runner. You know, have with with a two-year-old with a wait for age. I think he's a real live contender if he handles a nays mile. We know he's very, very quick um, off his time in the Windsor Castle. And he, I thought he did well to win despite the ground at Goodwood, at, at uh, which proves that he's a really tough, tough cookie. So I don't think we should dismiss him completely out of hand because um, it would be dangerous to do so. But again, four-to-one Bradsell... Yeah, wherever Highfield Princess finishes, he's surely got to be there or thereabouts. And um, being as I'm, I'm, I'm an H-way man and I'm looking at sort of putting some horses in H-way multiples, he he definitely be um, almost banker material as well.
0: Lovely stuff. Yeah, four to one across the board there. Skyback five places. Um, oh. uh, four to one, five places. You can hear from Andy's uh, puff of his cheeks uh, that he's uh, excited by the prospect uh, of that. Yeah, Bradsell, four to one. Five places there um, for Andy. Um, a strong selection against Highfield Princess in the Nunthorpe. Um, three more races on the card. We've got prices in just one of them, um, which is the Phillies handicap, which comes after the Nunthorpe, the 4-10. Four, four, is the three to one favourite ahead of Amanzo at 15-2. to two. Uh, Serona eight to one. Youngest ten to one uh, La, La Sint. And reach also ten to one, eleven to one. Cisfia uh, strength, Chelsea Green and others uh, fourteen to one and bigger. Andy.
1: Yeah, which is rather handy because that that Phillies handicap, which we've got prices, uh, the, 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 there's only uh, available with prices on, is is the race that I really like. And there's, right. there's, a, horse, there's a horse here that I do think is massively overpriced. I think pound for pound, Jessica Harrington has got to be. One of the, the better Irish trainers, percentage wise, when she comes over and, and targets a certain race with a certain horse, particularly fillies, was as we saw at Royal Ascot with uh, Villain over Queen, who caused a bit of a shock when, when she won um, at, at the Royal meeting. And Jessie's not the trainer, similar to like Dermot Weld or John Ox back in the day, that would waste a bullet. Mm. She wouldn't just be coming over here as a social runner, um, you know. <clears throat> To have a day out, she'd be coming over here with the right filly that she thought was good enough to win a race of this nature. Um, I think, I think, did you say twelve to one for Launching to? Uh,
0: we've got.
1: Um, I'm sure, you said twelve to one. Uh, ten to one. Ten to one. Sorry, ten to one. Either way, I mean, ten to one's an absolute insult for this horse. Um, I don't think you'll see a more physically imposing-looking filly than this one in the parade ring, like all the Paddock Dodgers, you know, the, the Ken Petersons of this world will be drooling over her. Mm. She is a proper, proper unit. Um, a very masculine looking fi- uh, filly. Um, she only just won last time out of Galway, but the horse that she beat, Mel Bay Madness has gone on to win next time out. Um, and I love the way she travelled through that race. She was a, probably a bit unlucky the time before. I, I just think she was caught out by the nature of that very strongly run or strong handicap at um, Lepperts down the time before. It was a race called the Nuz Roller Handicap, which is one of the most prestigious races that's run um, in Ireland throughout the season. And called all the horse that finished third, went on to win the BMW Mar next time out. So I, w- I wouldn't hold it against her. You know, that was the first time she was in really deep. But I think she learned plenty from that. Um, the track on the Navemire was going to sit this horse down to the ground. She's got a lovely long stride about her, covers a lot of ground mile and a quarter is absolutely what she's been at, uh, crying out for and I still think she's well handicapped at 91. I, I think she's a pattern filly in the making. Um, I, I, I have noticed that I think Jesse's put her in a couple of listed races over in Ireland so this uh, this will definitely do for me uh, off a mark of 91 in a, in a handicap so um, again a very very strong a launch into at 10 to 1.
0: Ever, I don't know i ever on this show. I had so many strong fancies, Andy. It's very exciting. I have to go back and listen back through to this straight away. into uh, 10-1. to uh, sky at five places. Uh, again, uh, most firms are three, um, but yeah, you, you've got plenty of 10s there to, to capitalise on on what looks, well, certainly from Andy's point of view, looks to be a bit of a rick on behalf of, of the price that center has been put in at. Um, the last two races on the card, Andy, no, no uh, prices, but i made in, in the 4.45 where the majority of the horses are having their first run. And in the last race, uh, we've got a, um, a seven foot long handicap where, you know, we've got no price. Is there anything for, for people just to stick into their notebooks ahead of uh, prices coming out on Thursday afternoon?
1: Not really, no. I'm, I'm more than happy to to sort of skip over both those two races. Yeah, as you say, the, the, the convivial maiden's always a keenly contested heat. You know, a lot of the big, big names tend to run their best horses here. Aidan's brought one over. Um but but there's nothing nothing standing out in the numbers anyway. And I wasn't overly, overly struck on anything in the last race. Again, another one I probably haven't done a huge amount of work on. A lot of the other fancies I mentioned, the ball's just come to the bat straight away. I know exactly yeah. where, I'm, where I'm at. I know the numbers, the, the profile of the horse, the, the kind of race that they're running in, You know the, the targets that the trainers have set them out for. But, yeah, that one... Uh, not really i i'll be i'll be a million to want to stick a horse yeah. in my column yeah. out of
0: that race well let's go over to saturday then and as i mentioned at the top of the show we're recording this um about midday on wednesday so we don't have final decks in yet which means that if you do have a bet here and, and a horse doesn't run then of course um you, you know that bet is settled as a loser rather than void it also means we don't have any um you know we don't have any idea of the draw either so just a couple of caveats here um, and we'll just go through the the races that we do have prices for, which I think are the um, Strenzel Stakes. We've got uh, we've got the City of York. We've got the Ebor, of course. Um, we've got the uh, Constantine Handicap too. So four races on the final day. And the Strensel uh, Stakes, Nostrum is a sea of blue uh, this morning. Um, seven of four best price having been. Uh, I think it was a bit of 11 to 4 round first thing this morning. So uh, Nostrum clearly expected to run here and therefore has been backed accordingly. 7 to 4 now. Royal Champion um, 3 to 1. Eldrama 5 to 1. Passenger and Jimi Hendrix both 8 to 1. Chindit 10 to 1. Sharon um, 12 to 1. Flight Pan 14 to 1. I mean, a lot of these won't run, Andy. Um, but w- where do you sit on this at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, Nostrum is you know, one of the. Sexy horses of, of of this race by a mile, isn't he? Um, yeah. Probably one, of the, probably one of the seasons, really. He, you know, he created a massive impression when he won at Newmarket first time out. I was there that day and he beat, you know, he beat Ambesto, a horse I've got a huge amount of time for. He dead-heated the other day um, at Salisbury. So the form was really good. And I just think things just didn't quite work out for him at Goodwood. He's obviously well-backed again. A lot of the sort of pros got really stuck into him, but, it was a week. by and large front runners on soft ground had a bit of a bad record and I just think he fell victim of that I don't think Ryan Moore had too many options by the way because I think he just had a horse that he wanted to go on and make plenty of use of he didn't want it to be coming to a tactical battle but he rather set it up for the stay um, Epictetus who is a mile and a quarter horse and ultimately then he just got he just got outstayed by a, a stronger stay at the trip on the day Uh, But I think the better ground, presumably it's going to be better ground Saturday, by the way. If it is good ground, it'll suit him much better. I think the track will suit him better. I didn't think going downhill was really ideal for him at Goodwood. So, yeah, I think that 7 to 4 will be under pressure. In fact, I think it will be a lot shorter on the day because a lot of these will probably look to go elsewhere and it's probably not um, as ideal for them that it is Nostrum. For instance, Spirit Dancer would be a, a horse I'd look at Ordinarily, York, because he's got such a good record here on the Naismar, and he's in really good form, but you know, yeah. he's more yeah. a mile and a quarter horse than a miler. So, where the connections are all the dice with him, I don't know. So, I think Nostrum is be very much a horse that um, a lot of punters are going to be getting stuck into. He could be even money or even odds-on on the day.
0: So, still maybe a bit of juice in that seven or four. It's not all yeah, gone yet. so. Paddy's, Hills, Betfair Sportsbook and Score Bet still... Seven to four, there about Nostrum in the Strencil Stakes, which is the first race on the card on Saturday, the 150. Um, No price for the Melrose. So, on to the City of York now, where Kinross is the 13 to 8 favourite, Sacred 9 to 2, Isaac Shelby 6 to 1, Alsa Hale 8 to 1, as is Mr Beck, Um, Olivia Moralda 14s, Angel Blue 16s, Jumbly 16s, 20 to 1 by those. uh, Andy Kinross, all, yeah, I mean, a little bit shorter than than Nostrum here. Um, You're with Nostrum, are you with Kinross here?
1: Yeah, and unless the ground it firms up really badly, I think I think it's the only reason why you you wouldn't like you kicking know, lost. you know he's still a good horse on good ground or good to firm ground, but not as good as he is on soft. I think it inconveniences others more than him. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he won the choice last year, so now he handles York. I think his campaign has been very much targeted towards the autumn. You know he didn't he didn't come back in until sort of midway through the season. Got beat well well beat first time out. Needed the run much better next time. Um, in the July Cup and then struck at Goodwood last time beating Isaac Shelby um, that's the key form line you know he beat Sacred in this race last year when Sacred was a warm fancy she disappointed which is a little bit off-putting for her you know given that William Haggis's horses by and large like the Knave Meyer uh, so you'd, you'd have to say that Isaac Shelby on, on that basis is the, is the each way alternative to Kinross um, having run well over seven furlongs out the season you know, he's winning the green and was was good um, his runs over a mile have been just as good, but not as productive with the guards winning. Um, but you know, he's a very, very good three-year-old, Isaac Shelby. So that, that's that's the only way I could offer, or the only angle in on 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 this race I could offer for punters looking at this uh, video now. I, I'd say you know Isaac Shelby, each way six to one might might be a, um, a, a, a an angle in.
0: Yeah, yeah, six to one uh, with most fans there, Isaac Shelby. Um could be the way if this race does cut up as well. Um to that could uh, not last that long. I, I I said there were no prices for the Melrose. I was wrong. So we can go we can go back in time quickly and just have a look at the the second race on the card where Lordship is a six to one favourite head of Denmark, uh, Alhambra Palace, Vaguely Royal, all eight to one, nine to one, Middler, Davideo ten to one, the goat ten to one, true legend ten to one. I mean again, Andy, with all these, it's it's very difficult to to do these previews justice because the unknowns around around the runners um you know we've got the Ebor next up which we, we should know a little bit more about um but uh anything in the Melrose there standing out to you
1: um yeah i'd, I'd, I'd be looking towards a, a, a couple that um i quite like I, i've been waiting for vaguely royal to run for a little while the fact that he hasn't run for 69 days suggests to me that the gosdons have probably probably targeted this he's been gelded since he last uh, ran at donny when he won but he's four million under the season ties in with quite a lot of Good three-year-old um, maiden straight handicap form, which which has worked out really well. That that second at Chepstow um, incident it was it was a, was, a, was a really good race of the grade on the figures. Um, I, I don't mind him at all. He, he he's he's very much a horse. I think will improve for staying up, stepping up in trip and on, on good ground and a galloping track. And I'm I've always been a big fan, as regular um, viewers of my column will testify, of Dasho Lenny. I think mm-hmm. he's been on my column at least three times so far this season. Look, he managed to win last time man, and justify my loyalty. Uh, when he um, he won quite well actually at, at uh, Ripon, but he clocked a big number that day, and that's that's been the key to Dash Lenny. As a time man, he's always been producing the kind of numbers which has made him almost impossible for me not to pick him. <laughs> you know, his, his number at Newbury was good when he got beat. His number beyond number behind Fairbanks was good. I think that Fairbanks have been sold to go round the globe somewhere he's basically bumped into some really good three-year-olds throughout the season and i'd be fairly sure that dasha lenny whatever happens he'll run his race so those are the two i'd be looking at at this stage um vaguely royal and um and lenny
0: vaguely royal 8 to 1 uh, across the board uh, Dasho lenny 16 to 1 Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook, Coral Unibet, and a couple of others too. Um Andy's two against the field there in the in the Melrose. Uh two more races to cover off. Um Ebor now, where Sweet William is the four to one favourite, Skybet um are six places here um stand out paddies of five as a as a bet fair sports book A real dream eight to one absurd eight to one live your dream 12 to one jack Finbar, bar 14 to one Scampy 16 to juvent 16s chillingham scriptwriter both 16 to one as well yashin 18 to one nasrit uh zoffman wooden son hms president all 20 to one 25 to one by those um and who wins the ebor in 2023
1: I'd be no surprise if it was Sweet William, um, horse on a roll. Um, don't really know the ceiling, to be honest. I thought he won despite the ground at Haydock. Uh, he was good the time before, and much better surface. I think that'll be the key to him long term. I think he wants just nice, good ground. Uh, but yeah, the, the good ones tend to win on, um, you know, any ground thrown at them, or the, the very, very well handicapped ones do. And uh, he proved it that day when he won at uh, good that he was four to one, skinny enough. Funnily enough, I, I do think the one, the horse that chased him home has got a, a squeak of not necessarily turning the form around, but perhaps getting a bit closer because of, again, I think he'll want better ground. That's Adjuvant. Um, he chased him home at Goodwood, um, but um, that was the first time he'd really encountered ground as bad as that. He got a little bit of soft ground for him, but unlike Sweet William, um, who hasn't stepped forward here on the my at least with... Adjavon, you've got the caveat of him running well at this track twice before, particularly he's mm. run beyond Solcombe, if you remember uh, in in the Melrose. Now the Melrose is that is a sort of three-year-old version of the Ebor run on the same day. I actually think that last year's Melrose was a better race than the Ebor itself because Solcombe subsequently got sold to go down to Australia, if you remember, and I think he's a live fancy for the um the Melbourne Cup this season uh, coming up in in November at Flemington. So uh, you know he they think he's a you know a group horse over there in Australia. So' run off ninety five on better ground. I've been well around the track twice, uh, and having run well beyond Sweet William. you know he's he's lost like four times the price as the favorite, so I think that's value. And, and the other one I'll mentioned as well is Scampy. Now we'd be hoping for a good run from Wooden Sun. I mentioned him early on in the piece, yeah on the on the Thursday or the went or the Friday. I can't remember what date was. Um, but that time figure for of his of Ascot was really good. The prayer and Paul well clear. I thought Safi Aldo was really good on him that day. Um, and he also has got York form as well. He was really unlucky in the mile and a quarter race, the John Smiths. He got a terrible draw. He was dropped right out, but he finished off very well to only get beat five lengths by pride of uh, America. But um, going back here at the May meeting, the Dante meeting, he was really good that day when he come from a long way back. He's got the, the real archetypal york profile stroke the way he likes to be ridden i.e dropped out brought with a late run most of the winners on the round track over a mile a half mile to six tend to be um they tend to be ridden in that fashion yeah um, and Safi osborne's been booked again so a couple of 16 to 1 pokes there for me at this stage george obviously there'll be a bit more places on the day available six seven places etc sky Skybet might even go eight because it's their own race yeah but um yeah, sixteen to one for Scampi, sixteen to one for Adjuvant. Surely one of them will be in the first four or five.
0: And maybe one will win. Um, yeah, Scampi,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Scampi sixteen to one with Spreadex, uh, and with Bet365, Juven sixteen to one with every single firm. On Um So there you have Andy's two against the field in the Ebor. Finally, with the Constantine handicap, uh, Summerhand is the seven to one favourite ahead of Aberama Gold eight to one, Orazio is ten to one, the Green Man twelve to one, Dakota Gold twelve to one, Fresh Mr Wagyu uh, Designer Kings Lynn, Gateforce Maya all twelve to one, fourteen to one. Bar those, uh, and anything you know again. Some caveats here as to uh, likely runners. Um, anything you like here.
1: Um, yeah a lot of, depend on the ground stroke draw only you know with a lot of those other races we've discussed on the Saturday not necessarily too bothered too much even if you get a high draw in the Ebor, or the Melrose for instance it's not you're not totally dead in the water um, but I do think you know come Saturday you know, for instance if you're drawn one or 22 in you know a 22 run field you could be in trouble so my selection might be um, totally meaningless by then but I'd probably be prepared to give Mum's Tipple another go because don't you remember he was Back in the day, one of the most impressive winners ever seen on the Naismire when he won that two year old sales race. Heavy ground went against him at Goodwood. I actually put him on my column that day thinking he might just get away with it, but I wasn't expecting that much rain on the day. Absolutely chucked it down. It was so much so that they abandoned the meeting with one more race after the Stewards Cup. But you go back to his run the time before in the Woking and when he was fourth beyond St Lawrence, I think that's arguably one of the standout bits of form. Um, So with that in mind, and the fact that he now goes back to the Naysmeyer, um, one of his happy hunting grounds, I think he might be slightly overlooked. And he's currently what, 20 to 1, months Tipple? 16 to 1. 16. Yeah, yeah. So he, he I just think he's overpriced after back a one bad run, but that one bad run can be mm. given because of the ground.
0: Yeah, 16 to 1. We bet 365, Coral, Unibet, uh, Live Score, and Ladbrooks. Uh, thank you very much, Andy. That is the. Uh, for for sharing your thoughts with us ahead of the Ebor Festival at York on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, really insightful stuff there and some strong selections. Exciting stuff. Hopefully, we'll be seeing some of that. Some Maltese land over the course of yes. the, the uh, week.
1: Yes, I think that each way Yankee would be uh, Twilight Romance, um, Blue Stocking, Bradsell, and Northern Express.
0: So, uh, Johan Brahm left out of the each way yank
1: probably yeah that, those have been my strongest for at the prices with the with the sort of uh the shape of the races i.e you get four or five places We know and bronze only three places so yeah, yeah 4 let's say four to one four places not the you know, blue stock in mm. uh four to one five places brad Zell, eight to one five six places twilight romance and and similar similar price brackets for Northern Express, seven or eight to one, five six places. You shop around and do all those in a HRA Yankee. Hopefully all four will come in. Uh, well, not necessarily <laughs> all win, but you'd, you'd like to think that the play side of the bet might, might be safe.
0: Yeah, lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much, Andy, as ever, for sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, really interesting. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you said at the top of the show that your um, record at the Naysmire isn't great. Hopefully that'll change. Uh, over the coming uh, week or so. Um, I think we're having a, a week off next week. We'll be back early in September. Uh, with yep. left sound coming up. Um, so I think that's our next assignment. So we'll see you then. Uh, please do subscribe to the OddsChecker YouTube channel where you can find plenty more preview content across sports and download the OddsChecker app. Where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets and everything else up on there, including Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing. Um, have a great week enjoying uh, the racing at York please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.